You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to participate... You can do so at 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have, I don't think, any new callers. So let's kick this thing off with Mr. Henry. Hey, Ryan. This is Henry from Minnesota, just here at work thinking about Aaron Rodgers like a lot of people are. All right. Um, I know a lot of people are sick of it, but he's the biggest piece of news, and I do you think it's actually possible for him to play back up to his MVP standard, or do you think he's just checked out? I, I don't think anybody actually is considering the possibility that he does come back to MVP form next year. Maybe not even necessarily MVP form, but just solid again. You know, not making those terrible throws into the end zone to the Lions cornerbacks when he's trying to get it to Bakhtiari type of throws. The, a, would he be able to come back from that and perform again? And will he be able to play up to his MVP contract? Personally, I don't think he can. I think he's got some sort of mental block that's just sort of keeping him from being able to do it. So shouldn't the Packers try to take any bullet they can right now to get him off the team? And if you think it's possible, what path do you see for him to get back to that high caliber, that high level of play? All right. Um, if I don't hear this on the podcast, I'll assume that you think my question is stupid, which it probably <laughs> is. All right. Bye. I very rarely skip uh, calls, only when it gets to be somewhat personal or whatever. That's pretty much the only time I will skip it. And I don't even mean about me, I mean about other people. Um, but anyways, so would I bet my life that um, Rodgers 
will never play at MVP form again? No. Uh, do I think it's unlikely? Yeah, kind of. Um, I, I guess the two major points. Number one is it's it's not even about that for me, as I've said. Even if you told me he's going to come back in MVP form, I'm not positive that that's enough information for me to know that that's the right thing to do. Um, and then number two, and I, I haven't fully explored this yet, but I just heard uh, Brandon Marshall did a podcast or whatever. He was talking about some stuff, and it kind of got me thinking – I want to go listen to fully what he said. Plus, apparently, he put something on Instagram about congrats to Rodgers on a great career or whatever, which was kind of weird. According to Rodgers, he hasn't made that decision yet. I don't know. Um, but it, it did kind of get me thinking. You know, it's always a touchy subject. When you start talking about how people aren't putting in the work and, you know, they're not focused enough and they're too busy doing this or that or the other, people get upset about it. Like, how dare you say that they sh- you know they should have time to themselves they should be able to do this they should be able to do that um you know they they're, they're not robots they they're allowed to have lives outside of football you're allowed to do whatever you want but here's the reality look at a guy like Elon Musk the guy what he sleeps like 3 4 hours a night he sleeps he basically doesn't even have a house he sleeps in the factory he does all this he is a psychopath that works 20 hours a day. Elon Musk has every right, if he decides, to slow down, to take it easy, to start doing you know, ayahuasca or whatever else and go disappear in the mountains. He can do whatever he wants, but the fact of the matter is, at that point, he's no longer Elon Musk in terms of the one that we all know, the guy that builds companies overnight, the guy that one minute starts PayPal, the next minute starts an electric car company, and then the next minute he's going to the moon. Um, and, th- and that's true of, of everybody when they're at their, the peak, when you are the best of the best of the best of the best of the best, there's more to it than just, that's just who you are and you can do whatever you want and you can focus your life however you want and still be the best. That's not reality. And yeah, if you're, if you're dual minded, if you're halfway thinking about retirement and you're, you don't really feel like going to train, you, you know, you're not fully invested in it. I don't think it's unreasonable to assume that being the top of the top is going to be a little bit more difficult at that point, especially as you're getting older and your body's starting to wear out. You're not as physically invested. You're not as mentally invested. I don't know if it's true, but you know there was the report by Bob McGinn that the Packers are upset about the shape that he showed up in, meaning he's not putting in the work physically that he had been in the past, like the years he won MVP, for example. Um, and it just makes... Listen, if... Only so many, there's only one person in the entire world that's the absolute best at any one thing. And there's the re, there's a reason why you are the best in the world. And it's not because you just kind of go, eh, I don't know, I'll just kind of do whatever and just kind of float around and happen to be the best in the world. So, yeah, I mean, I, I do think there's an element of when, when you're so torn on what do I want to do? And you, know, you listen to the angst as he's doing his podcast with Aubrey about, um, you know, the, the the mental stuff that he's going through, the torment of it, like, what is my identity outside of football? And then trying to build that identity outside of football and trying to constantly think about and contemplate retirement and do it, you know, putting so much energy into this reality that your career is done. Even if you want to keep playing, your, your focus now is learning to be a the Aaron Rodgers that is post um, football. And he's already talked about how he's laid the groundwork for that physically, emotionally, spiritually, he's building toward that. 
Well, you can only build in one direction, right? If 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 you have, for example, if, if you were here working with me on this podcast and you had, it was just this podcast, okay? And then if you have another podcast, well, you, you can have another one, but the time spent doing that is time not doing this. And then if you have a third one and then you have a, a job and then you have a family, I mean, these are all just things that add up that you can do whatever you want, but it's less time focused here with me on this thing. So, you know, I don't think it's at least unreasonable to wonder how much is he invested in not just still playing, just making, I mean, anybody can make a decision like, yeah, I guess I'll play. Are you physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually invested in being the absolute best in the world and willing to do everything that comes along with that, which talk, which, which includes who you hang out with, who you talk to, what you eat, how much you sleep, when you sleep, your exercise regimen and schedule, the time spent studying. It, it's about team building. Are you willing to put in the time to work with Christian and work with Romeo and work with Matt LaFleur and work with Gutekunst and work with Bakhtiari? And I'm not talking about going out and hitting golf balls and talking about your pooping schedule. I'm talking about you talking about football. Is, is this what you're willing to do? And I, I listen, I don't know the answer. I'm just trying to think through it in terms of he's certainly going through some stuff. He's trying to figure out who he is as a person. He's clearly working outward away from football. There's no question he still loves the game, but that that doesn't really that doesn't that's not everything I would need to know. Probably a horrible example, but I'm going to use it anyways because it's off the top of my head and when have I ever censored my stupid thoughts? There are a lot of guys out there, and let's just say dads because that's usually how it works, that are not super involved in their kids' lives but love their kids. They don't put in a lot of effort. They don't pick up the phone when they should. They don't drive out to meet their kids and put in that kind of work and all this kind of stuff. But they still love their kids. They still want to do things with their kids. But that's different than being motivated by nothing else but that one thing. I want nothing but a relationship with my kid, and I'm going to do everything I can to have that. It's a different thing than I love my kid. It's not the question. I'm not asking if you love football. I'm not asking if you... if. if if you have a sadness at the idea of not being able to play football anymore. I think, you know, you kind of get to a point where it's not even so much that I really want to play, it's just that I don't know if I can live without it. And that's an extremely different thing. I just don't want it to end because then you, there's no going back. It's, it's over forever. Maybe I'll just do one more year because, you know, I'm going to have my whole life to not be playing football. If I can do one more year, let's do one more year. But again, that's a very, very different thing than um, being ready to take on the world. And I, and I think it's also hard when when you're talking about maybe one more year as opposed to a guy that's got five, six, seven, eight, basically infinity in front of him. You know, you're 26 year old football player. You're not thinking about the end. You're just thinking about being the best, the greatest. Your team and building it and, and getting to be this whatever the dynasty. We're going to dominate. We're going to do. You can't do that when you're t- contemplating maybe coming back for one more year. So I just think these are natural obstacles. I'm not even saying he's doing anything wrong. I'm just saying it, I, I, I think it's very difficult to be in his position and to flip a switch and say, this will be my only motivation. So can he come back and win MVP? I would certainly not bet against it. I just think he's got a, a severe uphill battle, and I don't know if he has it in him anymore. He might. I don't know. I can't get inside of his brain. Hey, Ryan. Brian from Illinois. To stick with my trend of looking at tight ends, 
uh, thinking with Gudikins, I think he's been secretly, well, not secretly, but trying to get a tight end in here for a long time, grabbed Jimmy Graham, uh, had a few whacks with drafts uh, this last year, trying to drag Waller in here. Um, and that makes me think of when he wanted a quarterback, he brought in Deshaun Kaiser, uh, then getting Jordan Love and then having to back off on that train for a while because he wanted his guy when he wanted a pass rusher, brought in Preston, Zedarius, and then Rashawn. So I feel like when he gets stuck on trying to get a guy in here for a certain position, he goes for it. Uh, with tight end, I don't think he's, he's satisfied. So that's why I just feel he's going for it later. But. No, I think you're right. Um, it's, it, and it does seem like the Packers, I mean, that goes back to Ted Thompson with uh, all the swings at tight end that they took over the years trying to get somebody in here for Rodgers. Um, and I think Matt LaFleur desperately wants that as well. Uh, they have been taking some swings, not early swings, but nobody usually does. Uh, second round is usually around the earliest you see guys realistically get drafted. Um, and, and considering they've been drafting in the third, it's it's not that big of a of a drop-off from from being one of the higher picks you would make on a tight end. And then, yeah, the Darren Waller thing um, definitely does reek of of desperation. I, I shouldn't say it, not necessarily in a negative way, but in terms of that's something that they really do want. And, and I do think that's important to mention because although tight end still does have a certain um, lower-end value, I guess you could say, um, I don't think the Packers are on the low end of that spectrum in terms of all 32 teams and their interest in finding a tight end. I would guess that they're actually closer to the top. What that means, I don't know. But when you factor in their desire for a tight end, which seems strong, and the fact that teams do draft tight ends in the first round as much as it might be poo-pooed, I don't know that it's completely out of the question that the Packers would take a tight end. I'm still not leaning in that direction, but I think when you just kind of put those two pieces together, I think it's certainly a possibility. If any one of these guys, for example, is in their mind um, a Darren Waller-esque player, which, by the way, wouldn't be the worst um, thing to look at. I mean, I'm sure it's just a talent thing with Darren Waller. But I'll tell you that, if if there's a guy that fits the Darren Waller profile, just in terms of height, weight, speed, for example, considering we don't know what guys have run in the other metrics or whatever, but if I had to peg somebody, it's probably Luke Musgrave. Again, that's a, a simplistic view. But we got to, I mean, Waller is, what, six foot six, about 240, and um, he ran a 4.46, which is insanely fast. But that's the point. Musgrave is the fast guy in this group. He's looking at low 4.5s, maybe high 4.4s, which is roughly what Waller was. Also 6.6, he's got about 15 pounds on him, which isn't a bad thing. So, again, we'll see um, how everything goes and whatnot, and, you know, Again, everything kind of comes down to function. If Dalton Kincaid runs a 4-7, but is still somehow the best receiver in this class because of his hands, his route running, his timing, everything else, then he's maybe more of a Darren Waller than Luke Musgrave is. But from a starting point, especially considering I haven't put a lot of thought into potentially drafting him, you know, maybe if we go in a different direction in the first round, if it's possible to get Luke in the second... But again, yeah, I, I expect the Packers to take multiple swings at tight end. Whether or not they'll take an early big swing or not, I don't know. But I do expect that that's coming. Hey, Ryan. Uh, I just wanted to give my two cents on uh, what we think will happen this week with Rodgers' uh, scenario. And um, my gut feeling is 
beginning to really feel strong about that he is not going to be back. He's either going to retire or he's going to get traded. Um, that's the scenario that I, I hope happens is that he gets traded, that we don't uh, just lose him to retirement. But uh, I really do hope that he continues playing. I want to see him continue to play. I just uh, I don't think uh, our window opportunity for winning the Super Bowl is open any longer, even though they've restructured so many players and uh, continue holding on to some of these players that we thought maybe would contribute to winning the Super Bowl. But uh, I know that anything's possible. But uh, listening to uh, Andy Herman give his examples of uh, scenarios of what would happen if Rodgers did come back uh, didn't paint a good picture. And I know that you've done an excellent job of explaining it also. It just... It's nice to hear another person's opinion also that's uh, educated on those things that has a finger on the pulse of uh, the Packers. And it just, I'm sorry, I, I wish he could stay, but it's just too expensive. I just don't see how we could be uh, competitive. So uh, it, it's Tuesday, and uh, I'm hoping that by Friday that we hear something. That's maybe wishful thinking, but uh, I'm ready to go on to the next chapter. And... Uh, I'm ready for uh, Jordan Love to get his shot. Um, I really want to see what, what he's got, and I want to see if anything else floors offense with a different quarterback in it and see what happens. So we'll see. That's my two cents. I'm out. Yeah, I'm really, uh, I'm really getting the impression that we're going to hear something very soon. Um, it just feels like something's building, doesn't it? Like something's in the air. The pressure's kind of mounting on Rodgers. Everybody's kind of looking at them. We're starting to kind of rule out some things. I'm actually leaning quite heavily right now, maybe for the first time, toward retirement. Um, it just it doesn't seem like Rodgers and the Packers are going to be able to come together. Um, again, that that always seemed to be the most likely, just from the standpoint of. Rodgers is probably going to want to play, and most likely he'd want to be in Green Bay, and I don't think the Packers would be able to tell him no. But I I, I feel like the Packers are kind of telling him no. Um, and Rodgers has already alluded to the fact that he's picking up on that and doesn't want to really be a part of a team that doesn't want him there. Um, and I just I don't think, you know, going through all this stuff and the self-discovery stuff, who knows, but I just don't think he's going to want to go somewhere else you know, one year somewhere um, or two years or however long he, he thinks he can commit. And that's the other thing. Some of these teams are probably going to ask him to commit to more than one year, and that's that's an even bigger commitment. Now you're hearing there's a bunch of teams basically saying they don't want Rodgers. Um, I think it was uh, Peter King that just dawned on me, I think is the one that reported it, but he's hearing there are four teams saying that they're not really looking at Aaron Rodgers. The Raiders are one of them. And if somebody else had just corroborated that, the Raiders don't want Rodgers. I think the Colts, the Titans, and like the Dolphins or some other team that was kind of irrelevant. But, um, you know, these are all teams, they're AFC teams that potentially could have been in on Rodgers. And it sounds like they're really not. Um, now that could potentially change if, if things don't really go the way that they want in the draft and they're kind of left high and dry, maybe they would reconsider. But at this point, you know, the Raiders in particular are basically saying, we just got, which which that team never made sense because they're not a contending team. So why would you commit to a, a guy like Rodgers for a year when you don't have the pieces to win? So 
it kind of feels like his options are extremely limited. You know, I, I can't even really think of a team outside of the Jets right now that um, would want Rodgers. And, um, you know, I, and I honestly don't know why they wouldn't just take Derek Carr if they if they had the option. They are kind of just hanging out, seemingly waiting to see what Rodgers wants to do, probably because they're going to go that direction if he wants to come over. But even that is, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's just... It feels like we're going to come to something really soon, and I can't help but assume it's going to be retirement. I, I feel like the Packers have kind of put up a wall, um, and if Rodgers decides he wants to come back, I think they're going to really put the screws to him and, again, basically say, listen, if you're coming back, we have expectations, and part of those expectations are, you know, first of all, you're going to be at training camp. You're going to be doing all these sorts of things. On top of that, you know, you're not going to be making player demands or whatever, but the biggest thing is you're, you're going to have to make concessions on this contract. And I'm not talking about pushing money out because that doesn't do us any good. We're going to have to change the structure of this contract in such a way that you're essentially taking a pay cut. Um, I don't know that, but I, I just, I think that that's what they're going to do with, with the, from the standpoint of saying, we, we have to make this worth our while here. And, and also to put the pressure on Rodgers because they're putting, he's putting them in a tough spot. To, to, to go in that direction, which I'm sure they don't want to do, um, but also don't have a ton of say in it. Yeah, I think I think they're going to say, listen, if you're coming back, these are all the conditions that you're coming back under. And I, I just don't think Rodgers is going to want to do that. And again, I don't even think it's going to get to that because I think he already understands that. And he's not going to bother going there in a sense, groveling and saying, please take me back. I'll do whatever. I just, I don't see that. So... You know, I'm, I'm, I've been all over the map. I've been everywhere at one point or another, and, and at this point, I'm I'm just leaning most heavily toward retirement because I, I it almost feels like he doesn't have a home right now. Even if he wants to play, where's he going to go? Packers don't seem to really super want him. Um, the Raiders don't want him. The Jets are standing there with their arms open, so it's like, do I want to go play for the Jets or do I want to retire? I don't know. I'm hoping he wants to go play for the Jets so we can get some kind of compensation for him. That'd be great. But um, I don't know. I just I can't help but feel like we're, we're coming to a resolution here uh, soon. Hey, Ryan. It's Seth. Hey. Calling in about uh, superheroes again. All right. So I may have missed part of the conversation, but I, I just got to ask, why are we trying to apply a reason to superheroes? Um, those two things just don't go together. So that's all. I I don't know why it's so hard for these people to apply some realism to some action movies. It just annoys me. Um, you know, if if the superhero is a actual superhero like Superman, I can dispel a lot of the things in my brain in terms of how things work. But if you're telling me this superhero is actually just a normal dude in a suit, well, then reason and things still apply um and i can't i can't i mean i i can watch it but there's still that part of me that's like come on man you couldn't you know make this work in some kind of a way so that it's just not completely unrealistic i i i it, there's very few action movies and it's probably why i don't really get into action movies as much that can hold up to even just moderate scrutiny and i don't know why it's so hard like John Wick. I cannot get into John Wick. It's stupid. Oh, it's awesome, man. It's it's uh he like one shots everybody in the head. Like, no, I I I get it. Like it's 
you know, action movies are all seemingly written by six-year-olds. I get it, right? It's what's the most like, dude, that's cool thing that we can possibly do. But it's stupid. John Wick is just the luckiest person on planet Earth. That's it. Fast and Furious, everything they do is impossible and stupid and not interesting. I don't know why we can't just make things slightly slightly more realistic. I mean, at least get to the point where it's like, that's kind of impossible, but the whole premise is that like this is the craziest like uh, fighting, shooting guy in the world. So, you know, yeah, dude, like totally. You know, that's even like Steven Seagal. Like obviously, whatever, but you know... He's that's the thing. He's Casey freaking Ryback, dude. He can fight anybody. He doesn't. You can't even touch him. You come at him with a knife. Can't even touch him. And he'll throw you through a like. He'll just flip you like easy. Like no big deal. Snap your arm like it's a twig. Now is that real? Real? No. But is there a universe in which somebody is like a psychotically good martial? Yeah, dude. Because I, I don't know. Like maybe. All I need is an excuse. Just give me a reason to believe it. You know. That's all. Like John Wick, he gets into a 45-minute fist fight. He's getting beat up, dragged around the house. He finally gets this guy beat. And then after 45 minutes, he gets up, he grabs his gun, shoots this guy, and then somebody walks in, he shoots that guy in the head. Let me ask you something, Mr. Greatest Killer of All Time. What happens if that guy walks in literally one half of one second sooner? John Wick's dead. And that's the whole movie. <laughs> the whole thing. So, no. Can't get into it. But again, then you get uh, you get the other superhero things where it's like, you know, they're superheroes. So, like, I can't tell you what happens to Superman. I don't know how his body reacts to doing stuff. So, there you go. I don't have to worry about it. Same like when you're watching action movies where you have, like, these, you know, 102-pound females, like, beating the crap out of these big giant guys. I don't know. I struggle with that. But if we're talking, like, Wanda... Dude, Wanda's like the most hardcore person in all of Marvel. No issues with that because she's a superhero. She can do whatever she wants. I don't know. I don't know how that works. But like when What's-Her-Name was in Blade 3 or something, it's like, nah, I can't do it. You know? I struggle with that a little bit. Anyways, it's a me thing. I just, I can't get into it if that's the case. But a lot of people like that. Good for you. Glad you enjoy it. I, uh... I promise I'm done with my superhero talk, unless you bring up something else. Um, call in this time to talk about Jordan Love and uh, maybe more Packers fans. Okay. Um, can you imagine if uh, the Packers move on from Rodgers and they draft a wide receiver or even a tight end in the first round, then they go out and sign, you know, some other uh, yeah. big name wide receiver free agent? People will lose their feet. Yep. Uh, anyways, I just I was I was thinking about that and I thought uh, it would kind of be hilarious. Um, ultimately, I just want to win. But anywho, all right, bye. Well, and it's going to be seen as as petty, right? The the Packers are a petty organization. You know, everything comes down to like malicious intent. I don't know why we assume everything's malicious intent as opposed to just people doing what makes the most sense in the moment. There was never a time for the Packers over the last several years where drafting a wide receiver in the first was what they felt was the best thing to do. I know because they didn't do it. And if it happens that this year they really like Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, Jackson, but then Jigbo, whatever, or even a tight end, um, 
which is entirely possible because for once they get first pick of the litter of any of these guys, it's entirely likely that every single one of them is going to be available. All the tight ends and wide receivers and running back, right? All the offensive weapons are are very potentially going to be available for the Packers less maybe one. But um, is it possible that maybe this year they feel the best option is a weapon tight end wide receiver and then should they just not do it because of the perception or should they just continue doing what they always do which is do what you think is the best thing in that moment and that's all they're going to do and however that falls people are going to overread into it and say all kinds of nonsense and eventually the Packers will draft a wide receiver in the first round pending nuclear war that ends the world or something it's going to happen at some point and um, yeah, it's just it's just the way it is. I mean, when you have a team that is primarily dominant on offense, that struggles on defense, that has Devontae Adams and has always been stacked with wide receivers, yeah, wide receiver generally isn't going to be your primary area of focus, and it hasn't been. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 all nonsense, and it is. It's going to stir everybody up. And everybody's going to get all pissy about it. And then if the Packers don't win a Super Bowl, all we're going to hear is, could you imagine if Rodgers had that uh, inept organization? If Rodgers was here, it would have been a Super Bowl, just like it was with Devontae. And here's the other thing. There's a billion different scenarios where if this happens, then this portion of the fan base is going to be insufferable. I mean, it's, it's a landmine that we kind of can't get away from. Right. Depending on what side of whatever issue you're on, something's going to blow up in your face somewhere along the line. You know, if Rogers comes back, oh, all the hot takes about I thought he was going to be gone. I thought all the media said this. I thought, I thought, I thought if he gets traded. Oh, what happens? I I thought there was no actual smoke. Oh, what happened? If he retires, oh, I thought he was getting traded. What happened to that? I thought this. I thought whatever. You know, I thought the team was done with Rodgers. What happened? Oh, I thought the team really wanted him back. Oh, 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 shut up. Insufferable people, I swear. And then there's that. There's the Jordan Love takes. There's the Christian Watson takes. The Dobbs takes. The Gutekunst takes. There's every, every single thing, because all we do in these dead periods, which is 99.9% of the time, something isn't happening, is we start filling in the blanks with everything we think, and then we fight about it, and then we store all these fights in the back of our mind, and then as soon as something happens, we all start pulling out receipts. It's kind of like going to the dog track, right? And you go bet on a dog, which I don't even know if those are even around anymore, but whatever, let's just say. And you're betting on a dog, and you obviously you lose more often than you win, but you win that one time, and you're just waving that freaking ticket. You're jumping around, yeah, I told you! I told you Santa Claus's pet was going to win. It's like, dude, you don't know anything. You're throwing random darts at a dartboard, pretending you sound like you know what you're talking about. You have no, I, I, That drives me so insane. You say anything on so. I made a comment the other day. It wasn't even saying anything was going to happen. It was like a hypothetical, like, if this happens, then this. And it was like, you idiot, he's not leaving. Are you stupid? It's like, what is your freaking problem? Somebody needs to punch you in the mouth. Good Lord, you are an insufferable jerk. God, 
I didn't even say anything. And even if I did, what are you so mad about? Man, oh man, I don't understand people. What what causes people to do that? You don't you have something to do? I don't get it. What are you doing right now? Like you're at home and like your family's all around and you're just like, get away from me. I have to tweet something real quick. This guy is an idiot. Just play with your kids, dude. What are you doing? Ryan. Right. Here we go. Kid 1265 I'm ready. Fan. Bring it. And I'm just sitting here listening. There's the quarterback in the back. Yeah, you know, those discussions have to happen and making sure that it's the right fit. But um, obviously we know the kind of player that Aaron is. And, um, you know, once we have those conversations, we'll, we'll be able to move forward one. Wait a minute. <laughs> have to make sure he's the right fit? Wait, is that what I just heard? Huh. That's your answer for do you want Aaron back? Right. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. I think I might have been right. Great conversations. Wait. Oh, no, that's not a good one. That's all about the season. But I'm telling you, this press conference has said a lot. Watch Brian's press conference. I'm sure you already have. Okay, bye. I did, yeah. Um, You probably heard the podcast today. But, yeah, and and there's more press conferences I haven't even got to. That'll be for uh, tomorrow. But I haven't even listened to him. I know some of the things that were said. I'm excited to actually listen to him. But um, no, I, I, I. And again, I'm glad that you brought this to my attention like two days before because I would have been blindsided with this <laughs> if if not uh, if not you reminding me about it. So um, yeah, I'm 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 stunned at how just crystal clear this picture looks to me at this particular point in time. I mean, it's it's not impossible that Rogers comes back, but. I mean, you can just tell Gutekunst just has this, I don't know, um, this sort of like, look, I'm not doing this, but if you're going to insist, I I, we're, we're, I want this, I want that, 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 that. Like, it's just, it just has this feeling of like, I don't want you here. And then again, every other player that he taught, you know, it's it's the exact opposite of what we were talking about before, how you... You know, they're, they're so comfortable throwing everybody under the bus except Rodgers. And now it's like the exact opposite. He will talk glowingly about every single player that you talk about, Jordan Love and Aaron Jones and Jair and Elton Jenkins. And, oh, he's, oh, yeah, he's just beaming. But Rodgers is like, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we we got to see uh, whatever. You know, I don't know. We haven't had conversations about stuff, but he's good at football and whatnot. So, anyways, any other questions? So, it's just, I mean, it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I again, my head, my head's just kind of spinning on it because nothing seems real. Like there's no way he's actually going to retire, but there's no way that he's going to come back. And I can't imagine he's going to go play for the Jets. And I don't know of a lot of other fourth options, <laughs> including playing for any other team. But I, I just, I don't see that. What, what, what other options are there here? Is he going to coach for the uh, for the XFL? I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But again, I I just have a feeling something's going to break here soon. I, I I would borderline, as silly as it sounds, I would borderline be surprised if it made it all the way to next Tuesday for for Pat McAfee. It just that probably is what makes the most sense. But I I don't know. It just really feels like. It, it, first of all, it feels like everybody kind of knows. You know, it feels like Rogers kind of knows. It's just a matter of let's let's 
get the conversation going. Let's figure out who you want to leak it to that can give it to whatever, and let's just get on with this thing. But um, anyways, why don't we take a quick break, and we'll come right back with some squidly diddly. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, Pack Daddy. Hey. It's Squidly Diddly. What's going on, Squidly Diddly? Listen now, uh, I think I got an idea, another one for you. Okay. You and that Clayton Bailey character mm-hmm. seem to have different ideas on how the salary cap is working and this and that, and it would be nice if you two would debate it. He calls it salary cap inflation, which is something that the Packers are using. You just keep saying that they're pushing it down the road. I kind of agree with you a little bit, but... I don't know. If you guys could set up a thing and debate it, I think it might be actually a pretty good show. But uh, anyways, yeah. Good luck. Bye. Yeah, I don't know how much we... I, I know it sounds a lot like we disagree. I, I I generally don't think we actually do. I mean, both of those things are true. Obviously, the salary cap goes up. and um, So as contracts go up along with it, so long as it's going up actually with it... Um, everything stays kind of the same. So, um, yeah, I think both of those things are correct. I think Clayton's biggest, my thought on it is his biggest issue is the, uh, catastrophism, you know, the constant, um, we're doomed. Everything's going to end kind of mentality about everything, which, uh, it's never happened and it's never going to happen where we get to a point where we just can't field a team. And and it's it's kind of that kind of stuff where I get questions about like, oh, we're going to have to cut Jair and we're going to have to cut Rashawn and we're going to have to trade. It's like, what are you talking about? And it's just kind of buying into the doom and gloom and whatnot. Um, I can't genuinely think of too many areas specifically where we would disagree on it. Um, because... Uh, yeah, the the areas are largely areas that are kind of unknown. He has a much more optimistic view. I have a more pessimistic view. Not the most pessimistic view, clearly, but um, I think that's kind of the biggest thing. Uh, I don't know specifically what 
his views are on everything with the salary cap, but that is that is kind of where he resides. And and I tend to agree. I just also don't like um backloading things above and beyond that inflationary number, whatever that may be. You know, the the I don't like where we are right now. And right now is caused by last year and the year before that and the year before that. And by continuing to do what we did last year and the year before that, we're going to continue to do be in the situation we are now in the future. And it's just this constant cycle of next year. And and again, it's going to be massive, overly uh, doom and gloom. We're going to have to cut everybody. We're not going to be able to field a team. This is a disaster. And they're just going to restructure everybody. And then it's going to be, oh, see, I told you, everything's fine. Russ Ball's a genius, all this stuff. But yet we have no money. We can't spend any money on anything. And that's kind of it. And then next year, it's the same thing. We're broke and we have to restructure everybody. And we have high dead cap hits because we keep doing all these stupid void years. So when people leave, it costs us a ton of money to not have them on the team anymore. So on top of having um, high salary cap hits and having high dead cap hits, we never have any money. And that just continues and continues and continues. And I would rather that we start taking bigger hits now, stop pushing money, stop using void years. Because, you know, the, the inflation aspect has nothing to do with void years because you're paying for a guy that's not here. And the salary cap going up, there, there's no way that inflation can account for the fact that you're wasting money on players that aren't here anymore. So that's a completely separate issue. And that's something that I don't like and I would like to stop. I want to pay for guys that are here. But that's why I even said, like with Jair, it, it, because his contract cap hits are basically flat, it's almost as if, it's you could view it as as getting cheaper every year, even though it's like 20, 20, 20, 20 or whatever it was. It's actually going down because how much cap space you have goes up. So it would make sense to actually adjust it so that it goes up. But instead of doing it in a more reasonable way where it goes down slightly and then goes up slightly, they just crashed it through the floor this year way too low and then overinflated it the next several years. So that next year we're going to have to do that again where we crash it and massively overinflate it. You know, this is not just slowly keeping it in keeping with whatever the inflation is of the salary cap. This is taking it way too low this year and way too high in the next coming years. And this is obviously depending on, I mean, this is not every player. This is case by case, but I'm, I'm more or less just laying out what I would like to see the team do. There's nothing wrong with, with the salary cap hits going up, but it should be like a gradual staircase. It should not be what we see now, which these, you know, you know hockey stick looking salary cap where it's like 4 million, 7 million, 28 million, 28 million. Like that what the heck is that? Why don't we balance it a little bit so it's more like 14, 16, 18, 20. That would be more in keeping with what we're talking about. And the point is now we've gotten ourselves into a situation where we can't do that. We have to massively restructure these contracts so that we can have enough money this year. And by doing that, we cause the same problem next year and we get stuck in these sort of death cycles that we really are going to struggle to get out of. That is until something major happens, like getting completely out of Aaron Rodgers' contract. Now, all of a sudden, we have a ton of money to, to, to play with, which Fortunate, which ideally what you do in that situation is you allow these really high dead cat or these die these high cap hits to just occur rather than saying, hey, cool, we got a bunch of money. Let's continue restructuring, causing these problems, because then you just get caught back in that cycle again. We need to find a way out of it and then not recreating them over and over and over and over again. 
So I don't know what of the things I said he would disagree with, but I think it would be less than people would expect. But I guess I don't know that. Hi, Ryan. This is Rich calling again. Um, Boy, you really got me thinking about this running quarterback thing. Yeah. um, And the benefit of having a quarterback on their rookie deal. So I think what we should do, we could probably get away with this for five years. We should uh, draft a uh, running quarterback. Okay. In uh, the first round every other year. And um, we, uh, on the off years, we draft like a defensive lineman or an edge rusher. We're good at that. Uh, I don't personally think we're very good at drafting quarterbacks. And you're going to say, well, okay, you're drafting a running quarterback. That doesn't mean they have a good arm, but that's okay because we're going to get rid of all of our uh, wide receivers that are uh, deep threat. And we're just going to go with some 250-pound-plus uh, flesh missiles on the outside. Yeah. Um, so basically the goal is the running quarterback can throw to this flesh missile uh, down, the, down, the, down the line. And Should I be dropping that? Plow over the cornerback and get five yards. So we'll just get a bunch of those guys. And I know what you're thinking. Geez, that's going to save a lot of cap space. And you're right. We could take all of that cap space and put it into cornerbacks and safety, oh, yeah. um, offensive line. And, uh, yeah, curious about what you think with that strategy. I think it kind of follows with the Eagles doing kind of a sort of a rugby move with their um, quarterback sneak. And I think we just continue going with that sort of idea. All right, that's it. Go Pack Go. Thanks. Well, um First of all, I think uh, describing the flesh missiles at, as 250 pounds is, is yeah, let's be honest, you're exaggerating. But anyways, um, I yeah, I don't know, I don't know how serious of a proposition that is, but um, I, I I understand the the feeling of there's a lot of these guys coming out and they seem to be kind of flash in the pan, like you can have a little bit of success here and there. And maybe it would work from the standpoint of, you know how you have these teams, they just kind of pop up and they kind of have that flurry, like, dang, they might have a chance, and then they kind of disappear because they suck, and then they pop up, kind of like the Eagles, I guess. They pop up when a Super Bowl and disappear and then get a Super Bowl and disappear. So maybe you could kind of do that if you're, rather than having sustained general success, it's like, let's be awesome and then kind of suck for a while and then be awesome. Um, because they're not do it all quarterbacks and they're also probably not long-term propositions but like you said you can put a lot around them because it's constant rookie contracts and because you're doing it every two years you can probably only hit you know if you hit once every other year um you got a new guy once every four years so you got that working for you um we are still wasting a lot of draft capital you know i mean in in what eight years we've drafted four quarterbacks it's a lot, and a lot of, you know, could have gone another direction. See, the, the other obvious issue with this is, you know, if you're actually having some level of success, you can't just grab a, uh, one of these mobile quarterbacks at pick 24, 27, 32, whatever. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that'll work. That could work. Or just, you know, grab them up from around the league because, you know, other teams want to chew them up and spit them out and be like, oh, we'll take them. You don't like that guy? He sucks. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's what that's what we do here, though. He can still run, right? He doesn't bust it up knee or anything. All right, cool. We'll take him. No problem. 
Got one year left on that rookie deal? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, you could take the picks. We don't need them. Flash missiles. Good. Goodness gracious, Rich. Hey, what's going on? It's Omar Firefighter. How y'all doing? Uh, hey, man. So I was watching some highlight videos. I was trying to look at stuff about uh, Dalton Kincaid because a lot of people saying like he's the number one tight end because he like uh, got the best hands and wide receiver, stuff like that. Similar to a wide receiver, I say, but like in a tight end body. And then I went to saw some down there and watched the highlights because I hadn't watched any, and that was, that was incredible. But I stumbled upon... A player you mentioned a bunch of times was Kayshawn Boutte. Um, and I, I actually just finished watching. There's a new video. It's like about seven, eight minutes. Um, it says Keyshawn Booty, LSU wide receiver highlights slash big play K. And it was like amazing. I can see like he's like doing everything. And a lot of the wide receivers would be like wide open catching passes. I mean, this man is. He's running from people, like he showed a speed, showed a break tackle ability, shaking people. I mean, getting out of tackles, short, intermediate, long, like he's doing everything. And um, I could see, I know he said sometimes you're like, you can see the uh, Justin Jefferson comparison, but I could see that. Like a lot of people was comparing him to that and, and uh, Odell, stuff like that. Like he's, he's doing it all, you know, 50-50 balls and like I said, in the rounds, like, you know, the one knock on him is, uh, I guess, you, if you want to say character concerns, because um, he got, you know, he could get kicked out of school for extracurricular activity with um, LSU staff, a female on their staff. But, I mean, that's, he didn't rob a bank. He didn't commit a crime. So I, I get that the Packers always carry like high value character guys, but like you missing out, like like Randy Moss had character issue, but if he was on our team with Brett Favre, we probably won way more Super Bowls. So I kind of feel like, you know, if you got a good player, you know, they commit a crime is a different thing. But if you got somebody who just might be a little maybe immature, I definitely still think we shouldn't take them off our draft board altogether. And I think he can make a lot of plays for us and have him be the number two or number three. And we can have a great receiver core. Have Christian be number one. Uh, he could be, you know, Booty could develop into a number one from all the plays I saw. I definitely recommend y'all look at the video. All right, let's go back, go. Yeah, so I haven't seen a ton of uh, Kayshawn, but um, I don't know. I I, I got to just keep watching it. It's like I've said with a lot of other guys, you look for that one thing where it's like, oh, that's... That's what it is. And I think it's actually harder with guys like him because he's more of that Devontae kind of player. He's not super tall. He's not super fast. He's just good at what he does. And so it's hard to find, for example, I'll, I'll watch him and then you go watch the wide receiver on the other side and say, what, what is Kayshawn doing that the other guy isn't doing? You know, I mean, it's easy to watch him run a route and go, oh, wow, he got open and caught it. That was great. But so is the other guy. So is the other guy. So are the, all the other guys. So, yeah, I got to continue watching a little bit. I've only seen uh, the UCLA game, but I don't have anything against them. I mean, the good thing is um, it seems more appropriate as far as where he's expected to be drafted, probably second round. I do remember seeing um, The Athletic a while ago wrote an article saying he is a top 50 lock and a potential first round pick. So that's... um, Kind of, I, I know a lot of people see him as sort of George Pickens, 
And you had mentioned Justin Jefferson. I don't really see either of those, at least not at this time. Um, really like Justin Jefferson and his route running and how much it reminded me of Devontae. I don't really see anything special with the route running necessarily. And then with Pickens, I don't even remember what it was that I liked about Pickens. I know that he he just had a number one wide receiver vibe. He was big. He was physical. Seemed like a natural receiver. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't uh, figured out that thing that makes Kayshawn Kayshawn, but I'll have to keep, uh, I'll circle back. All right, let's do, uh, let's do one from Nate here, although the answer might be coming up All right, next. are you smarter than a pack, Daddy? Next All right. question. The sounds for the gopher in the movie Caddyshack were not actually a gopher. In fact, they were a recording of what animal? Go for it, go. I'm going to have to partially cheat again because I don't remember exactly what it sounded. I thought it was like a dude. I thought it was just like a... Well, let's listen to it. All right, here we go. Ready? Um, what is that? Squirrel? Here's a squirrel. That's different. It's got the same sound, but it's it's not like a chippy. I don't know, man. I don't know what the heck that was. Oh, I got it. <laughs> I found a different clip of the gopher. Ready? That was the giveaway right there. <laughs> it wasn't the first that squeak squeak, but the last part was obvious. Here's another one I found now that I'm on a uh, Caddyshack kick. It's a dolphin, right? It's hard to tell because then it starts making other weird so- sounds that doesn't sound like a dolphin, but I don't know. I'll say a uh, chip monkey dolphin thing. Nate, you, uh, you got an answer for me? Uh, hey, Goody, stop moving so much money into the f***ing future and ruining it, you f***. <laughs> uh, I just saw you did it to Kenny, too, so I, just, uh, I had to get that up. God f***ing damn it! So is, is it a dolphin, or... Is it a dolphin? Hey, that was, uh, that was a pretty cool time way back when, when Roger said he wasn't going to hold the Packers hostage, and he was going to have a decision really quickly. You remember the whole thing? And then... And then I complained like a month ago, and I said, well, he still hasn't made a decision there. He's like, oh, he will, he will, just give him some time. And we all said it was going to be like February 27th or whatever. It's March. If you haven't checked your calendar lately, it's March. To be fair, Nate, February 27th was two days ago. So <laughs> just, just saying. And he got out of his darkness retreat, hasn't made a decision. Hasn't notified anybody. We have draft prospects we need to start looking into. We have going on here in the Packers organization. So why why are we letting him do this to us? Again, every year. I'm tired of it. I'm just so, so tired. Yeah, I... Uh... My whole thing when I said... Uh, what did I say? I said the 28th. I think, is because last year it was the equivalent of like March 7th. So I said, nah, he's got a year of uh, figuring out a process for making a decision. So I'm going to shave a week off and I'm going to call it the 28th. But at this point, it looks like he's going to give us an answer roughly the exact same time period as he did last year. 
which would be by next week. So that's my thought. I don't know. It just, it, it doesn't bother me other than I just kind of want to know, but whatever. My curiosity is annoyed, but I don't think, uh, I don't think the draft is going to be impacted by this. I don't. At least I can't think of any way that it would. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have yourselves a fantastic rest of your night, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.